Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis, and we're in a series called Receipts. In this series, we take a deeper look into some of the questions people may have about their faith. Our prayer is that through God's Word, we can answer some of these questions that you might be wrestling with. We hope you enjoy week three. That's what we're talking about today, guys. We are, we're actually going through the book, uh, not the book, but rather the chapter, Hebrews 11. And I don't know if y'all know much about Hebrews 11, but it's called the faith chapter. Some people, if they're really, uh, really funny, they call it the hall of faith, like the hall of fame. You know what I mean? They call it the hall of faith because we see really titans of our faith. Um, they get recognized in this chapter for having great faith in what they did. And we've been running through it. You know, in week one, Jay Gray talked about uh, creation. We answered the question, uh, is God real? Is God even real? We answered that question week one. And then week two, we answered the question, um, can I trust God? Or I'm sorry, um, does God even care? It was, does God even care? And Randy walked us through uh, the story of Noah, and we were curious if God even cares, and we were able to look at the receipts, we were able to look at the proof and see. And tonight, I actually already ruined it for us, but um, the question we're going to answer, guys, is can I trust God? And we're going to do that by, let's just dive in right now. We're going to dive in. The, the question is, can I trust God? And looking at Hebrews 11, verse 11, right, right quick. By faith, Sarah, like who's that? I don't know. We'll figure it out. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So some of you are in this room and you're like, yo, that verse means absolutely nothing to me. And I'm like, yo, I understand. Let's get some context. You know what I mean? So Genesis, we're going to turn all the way to Genesis. We're going to hear this story and we're going to unpack it. And we're going to find three reasons why we can trust God. Okay, so we're going to open up. I'm just going to continue to read in Genesis uh, chapter 17, verse 15, real quick. And God said to Abraham, pause. Everybody's like, yo, who's Abraham? I know. If you don't know who Sarah is, you probably don't know who Abraham is. Abraham is like the number one guy um, who gave, who had his faith in God, right? He, he's one of the patriarchs of, the, of our Christian faith. He is one, um, one of the most popular names. If you don't know him, he's one of the most popular names in all of Christianity. Um, some of you, if I, if I were to say Father Abraham had many sons, what would some of you guys say? Yeah. Yeah. Now some of you are like, okay, I don't know who Abraham is, and now I just know there's a weird song about him. But Father Abraham, he's like, he, everything, all of Israel started from Abraham, and that's what we need to know. And his wife's name was Sarah. So let's keep reading. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah. So he changed her name from Sarai to Sarah. Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. And so what we see here, and this is, a, this is not an earth shattering point, but what we see here is God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah, okay? And God makes promises. That's our first point tonight. That's what we're looking at. God makes promises. It's not true that God only makes promises to people in the Bible. He doesn't only make promises to Abraham, but God makes promises uh, to you and to me today. And so I want to look at a few of them. I want to look first at James chapter 1 verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So he's saying, hey, if you want wisdom, ask for it. God's promised to give us wisdom. Let's look at 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God promises you and I new life when we come to know him. 
The next one we're going to look at is Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. He promises that if you confess with your mouth that he's Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. That's a promise. And the last one we're going to look at, the last promise that God's made us is this, John 16, 33. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Did you catch that promise? In the world you will have tribulation. That's, that's not good. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We see God gives us promises, and that last one is so important because God not only promises uh, good things to us, he not only promises salvation, all these things, but he says, hey, you are going to have a hard time here on earth if you follow me. There's going to be tribulation. You know what I mean? And sometimes what we don't realize is if you make a promise, if I made a promise to you, what if, what if one of us, I was like, bro, let's, let's go get Chick-fil-A tomorrow. Okay, let's go get Chick-fil-A tomorrow. I promise you I'll be there. I cannot fulfill that promise and not be present at Chick-fil-A. It's not like I'm going to be like, yo, let's promise to go to Chick-fil-A. All right, and then I just stand him up, right? That's messed up. In the same way, God cannot give us these promises and then not be active, not be present in our lives. So let me put it this way. Some of us think that God just created the world and he's just watching it spin. Does anybody know what this is? This picture. It's really cool. It's a top. It's a top. It's not that hard, dude. It's, it's not that hard. It's just a top. So it's a top. Whenever I Googled tops, it showed all these kitty ones, and I wanted to get a cool-looking one for you guys. But when you do a top, you go like this, and say I had a top, it'd be a lot cooler if I had one. But I went like this, and I took a step back, and I was like, okay, cool, cool. And then it would stop, right? A lot of people think that's what God has done with the world. A lot of people think that Genesis 1-1, God created everything, God's real, but God came up and he spun the earth into motion, not really like a basketball on his finger, but he just, he, got, he started the world. A lot of people think that, and then he took a step back and he doesn't have anything to do with us anymore. And that's a lie. That's a lie that you heard somewhere. God is ever present in your life. This word that we have is living. God, God is a part of your life every single day. If you're a Christian, he's sent the Holy Spirit down. He dwells within you. And that's exciting. That's, that's important for you to know because there's a lot of you in this room. Like, I don't know if I can trust God because I feel alone all the time. You know, even when I'm at school, when I'm surrounded by thousands of people at school, I still feel like I'm alone in this world. My parents don't treat me right. My friends don't treat me right. I don't even have any friends. And you feel alone. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie that the devil in this world, in this society, in this culture, that's what they want you to believe. And that is not true. What's true is we, have a, we have a God that makes promises. And a God that makes promises must be present to fulfill those promises. And that's the reality. He's present in your life. So my question is, what we started our question was, can I trust God? And my answer, one of my answers tonight is, yes, you can trust God because he's present in your life. Let's keep reading. Verse 17, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. So what just happened was God promised that he's going to have a son. That's really not a big deal. Like, hey, you're going to have a son. He fell on his face and laughed. I don't get it. And said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Pause. Abraham's 100 years old. He's not supposed to be having babies at 100 years old. And then the next sentence says that Sarah is 90 years old. It's like legit. I mean, we don't have to get into the biology of it all, but like, it's impossible you know what I mean? Like, it's impossible for a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man to have a baby. I was actually, I Googled 100-year-old people, and then I just felt rude. Like, I saw their faces, and they're so sweet. I was going to show y'all how old 100 years looks, but that just wasn't good. But I will tell you this. Did y'all know that traffic cones turned 100 years old this year? I don't, 
That's crazy. I know. Long, long live the traffic cone. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, but here's the deal. God makes big promises. Not only does God make promises to us, students, not only does God make promises to us, but he makes big promises to us. So big that Abraham hears it and he laughs about it. He laughs to God's face. He says he said it under his breath or he was thinking it, but he heard it and he began to laugh when God promised him something. And we're all like, dude, why would you like laugh at God? You know, I mean, God's gonna fulfill that. And we would all, we all know the right answers. But the reality is that Abraham didn't see the whole picture. You know what I mean? Like, let me put it this way. Like, put this picture up here. Put this picture. Oh yeah, that's it. Does anybody know what that is? Yep, that Titanic is just right underneath that. I, I'm just kidding. It's not right underneath that one. That was insensitive. It's still too soon. It's still too soon. Um, but we don't see the, Abraham doesn't see the full picture here. And I'll be honest, a lot of us don't either. So when we look at this iceberg, we see a big berg of ice, honestly, right above the water. You know, the Titanic actually missed the iceberg that was above the water. You know that, right? Like they were trying to get away from it and they didn't hit that iceberg, but go ahead to the next picture. They hit the thing that was underneath. And here's the understanding, guys. With Abraham, Abraham laughed, but he had such, he was almost just naive. He didn't understand God's power. He didn't understand God's might, or he never would have laughed. And not only that, but I began to think about God's real plan here. You know, God's, some of you guys know, y'all know Abraham, like I've just taught you who Abraham was, but Abraham, and a spoiler alert, the next point, Abraham does have a son. And Abraham's name is Isaac. And then Isaac has a son named Jacob. And Jacob has 12 sons, all in the tribe of Israel. They're all the 12 tribes of Israel. And then one of those tribes is Judah, one of Jacob's sons. And from Judah comes King David. And from King David comes Jesus. And so if you just take a step back and you take the iceberg, the, the full iceberg view, that whole point of view back, and you look at the whole plan of God, Abraham is so, <laughs> this is so messed up. Abraham looks so dumb though. He's like, God, you can, you can make a 90-year-old woman like have a baby? And he's laughing at it. But the reality is that wasn't even like, that was, the, that was a miracle for sure, but that wasn't even God's whole miracle. God's whole miracle was that he was gonna save all of humanity through Jesus. This was just the beginning. This was just the tip of the iceberg, you could say. And the reality is this, students, some of you in this room are so focused on the tip of the iceberg with what God has to do in your life. So many of you are like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I've been too bad. You know, I messed up too much. I watched that thing I shouldn't have. I hung out with those people that one time I shouldn't have. You know, I, I lied to my parents. I cheated on my tests. Whatever you've done, one, it's not too big for God. And whatever you think, whatever you plan on doing in your life, it's not too big for God. Actually, God has such a bigger plan for you. If you could think of yourself as you being that iceberg, all that God has shown you so far is the tip of that iceberg. But the plans he has for you, if you put your faith in him, if you trust him, he has such a bigger plan for you. He has this whole plan that we can't see Maybe we get a glimpse of it sometimes. Maybe he shows us sparks here and there or just a little something like that, but he has such a big plan for your life. And some of you are living in fear. Some of you are living like you're not worth it. Some of you are living like your past mistakes are going to define the rest of your life. And I need you to cut that out. Cut that out. Don't listen to those lies. 
just like the last time. Those are from the devil. Those are from this culture. Those are from this world. And God wants to do so much more with you than this world wants you to believe. I just think that's important for us to know. You know, God makes big promises. So can I trust God? And the answer, the first answer was, yeah, I can trust God because he's present in my life. And the second answer is this, I can trust God because he's bigger than anything that's going to that's gonna come my way. He's bigger than anything that's going to come my way. And that's, that's really cool. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's move on to Genesis uh, chapter 20, chapter 22. Oh, not 22, sorry. Genesis 21. It's just a few pages to the right and we're, we see the birth of Isaac. So here's what we see. So first we saw God promised it. Abraham laughed in his face. And then a few chapters later, we see what happens here. The, Lord's vi- the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. God, God fulfilled the promise. Verse two, and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his sons who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. It's still, Sarah legit still can't believe it, but she has a son. And I, like, I don't want us to forget, she's 90 years old, yo. I know this lady who's 92 years old. And if I told her she was gonna have a baby, she would legit punch me in the face. She would just be like, no, don't bring that evil on me. And I, was like, I mean, legit, it, but she's 90 years old. She's had a baby and she's laughing and she's no longer laughing at God, but she's like, this is awesome. This is cool. God is faithful. And that's our third reason that we can trust God. Can I trust God? Yes, I can, because he's faithful. There's so many things in this life, guys, in this culture. And I feel like we, we try to nail this into you, but there are so many things in this world, in this culture who are fighting for your attention right now. Literally right now, there are things in this world that are fighting for your attention so you don't hear this truth. Don't let them win because the reality is this, guys. I've been around 25 years, which isn't a long time, but it's longer than you guys. And, and nothing has satisfied me yet but God. No girlfriend, no friends, not even my wife has, sat, has satisfied me, has fulfilled me in the way that God can. I need you all to understand that. You, this world like wants you. It's attacking you. I, Anybody, anybody ever watch like Facebook or YouTube videos and they just find themselves being there for like three hours? Anybody? Dude, I do that sometimes, man. That's what I'm saying. I do that sometimes. Y'all know there's people at YouTube. Legit. Their only job, their role at YouTube is to create an algorithm so that you don't put that phone down. They're trying to figure out what is piquing your interest. Oh, she liked that video. Oh, she didn't watch a lot of that video. So we're not going to show her this next one. There's people doing that so that you get captured, that you get captivated for hours in this, in this world. And guys, YouTube videos, we always end up putting the phone down. You're always going to be wanting more. I'm telling you right now, the only thing in this whole world that can really satisfy you, that could truly satisfy you is Jesus. It's not popularity. It's not friends. It's not a better home life, even though I want that for all of you but it's Jesus. God keeps his promises. And so 
We've looked at three reasons why God keeps promises. And actually, I want to go back to Hebrews 11 real quick, where we started off. And I just want to read this. I want to read this first verse, verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. So Sarah had faith, and that's why she was able to conceive. And so we've asked the question, can I trust God? We've asked that three times tonight. We said, can I trust God? And I said, yeah, we can trust God because God's present. God's in your life. He wants you. Second thing is, can I trust God? It's like, yeah, God's bigger than anything you're ever going to see in your life. God's bigger than anything that Satan's going to throw at you. God's bigger than any biggest fad, any YouTube, any Instagram, anything that you can think of, God is bigger than. Any divorce in your, in your um, parents' marriage, anything like that in your home, God is bigger than that. Third thing is, can I trust God? It's like, absolutely, because he's faithful. You know, God has promised a lot of things in his life, and he has a 100% track record. God has not broken a promise yet. So why would he start now? So my question is actually going to change. I think, I think this is, actually, I know this is the most important. If you're not listening, look at me. Stay, stay tuned. Because this, this is the most important question you're going to have to answer in your whole life. Is everybody looking? It's not, can I trust God? You know, that's, that's something that we answered here. You know, it's like, if, that, if you're worried about that question, like, I just gave you the receipts. Like, we just read it. You can't trust God. I gave you three reasons. I saw it in scripture. This is God's word. We can't trust God. The real question, look at me. The real question is, will you trust God? Will you trust God? And some of you have heard that question before, and some of you have not made that decision to follow Jesus. And I'm telling you, we read it earlier, dude. If you follow Jesus, you will literally go from death to life. You will go from old to new. You will have a brand new life. You will be a brand new creation. Y'all saw the video of Jose? We buried, we buried Jose in the water and he came out. That's just a symbol of what took place in his heart already is that Jose, the old Jose is gone and the new Jose, no, new Jose has come. And that can be you tonight. That can be you tonight. If you've never made that decision, I am pleading with you. I am begging with you. Give your life to Jesus because he can be trusted. We just saw it. We saw the receipts. He is good. He is faithful. He's present in your life. And he wants a relationship with you.